This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hope Day Wednesday, baby. Big Seals in the house, National Football Show. As us Italians like to say, how you doing? Right? Got to be doing good, man. The National Football League has done one thing that no other sport has been able to galvanize on and really duplicate. You know what that is? Water cooler talk. The NFL plays on Thursdays, Sundays, and Monday night, right? barring any kind of freaky thing with COVID. They, but the rest of the days, the National Football League has done what? They own the day, man. Whether it's Stephon Gilmore going to the Carolina Panthers on a deal. Hey, and you know why the Patriots, by the way, ended up making a trade and just didn't release the guy because they didn't want Brady picking up the phone going like this. Hey, Stephon, why don't you come here to the Buccaneers? And you can play on the other side of Richard Sherman. They didn't want any of that. But you know what, too? How about the Patriots sending him to the NFC South? Right? <laughs> Just sending him to the NFC South to compete against Brady. Pretty rich here by the Patriots doing that. That was kind of big news. And by the way, everyone thinking that Stefan Gilmore uh, doesn't have anything left in the gas tank. Two years ago, he was the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. What are you, crazy? <laughs> you got to be crazy, right? All right, we're going to get into all this, man. We got so many topics to hit on. By the way, Tony Saragusa, our college football insider. No, not that Tony Saragusa will be with us. That'll be in hour number two, some great college football news that's going on. Ed Ogeron looks like he is on the hot seat. Okay, all that being said, now I have to go to my guys. Joey B's already on board with us. Muhammad, how you doing, brother? Appreciate you doing this. And who I'm talking to is... What we've done here on the National Football Show with your boy, Big Sills, we allow you to bring content into the show. And as I tell you all the time, we put down a bunch of things. I've got my chicken scratches here and, you know, I I put my stuff down to hit on and we go back and forth. But anytime you guys slide something in, I kind of put it in there, right? And we go back and forth and we have a conversation. So if you want to add anything to the show, we really appreciate it. Okay. So let's start it off with this. I don't know what's going on with Lane Johnson. He's got personal issues right now that are going on. And this is not like a Kyrie Irving deal. Okay. Or this is not like a Ben Simmons. You see that idiot put his house up for sale today? Yeah, my $3.1 million Chalet in Philadelphia is now on the market. 
What a bitch. He is such a bitch. Man, I, I, I hate people who act like that in public. Look, athletes, media people, politicians, people with high-stress jobs, look, we all have insecurities. I have them. Okay? Krause will go like this. Krause Jr. will go, Sills, you melting down again? But see, I only do that to certain people and in front of certain people because these are the people that I trust. Not going to sit down and cry in public to people all the time and ask people like a fraud who goes out and looks at Katie Kirk and goes, how do you think I can handle the national media and me being a star? And then kiss a mirror. Guy's a tool. I saw a I never liked A-Rod after the kissing mirror scene. Yeah, man. I love me. <laughs> right? Hey, Stefan Panther, I like it. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what, the Panthers believe they're good, don't they? They do. Joey B, 3.1 for a penthouse condo, right? The Ritz Carlton. How you doing? Guy's a tool. I hate that guy. I so hate Ben Simmons. I wish nothing but just, hey, we might as well use the word doink. Uh, hey, Val Michaels can use doink. Big Sills can use doink off the back of the rim. I wish nothing but great doinks for Ben Simmons, that tool. Yes, um, mental health now, and I'm selling my 3.1. And I'll be telling people how much money your house is or your condo. People get up off their asses every morning and go to work, man. Don't want to hear millionaires crying about their lives. Yeah, you know, my life in Philly and my, you know, $30 million a year in my chalet there in Wildwood. You know, I, don't, I, I, I can't catch like, you know, blue shell crabs, you know, what a bitch. Man, do I hate that guy. He's become target number one of Big Sills. Yes, Ben Crybaby Simmons. Yeah, I just can't believe the people in Philly hate me. Really? <laughs> what? 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 One that you you're not playing well. Secondly, you're crying, and third, you're chasing Instagram whores on uh, on your platform. Congratulations to you, man. You got it going on there. I bet you're really focused in your. Uh, off-season workouts to try to get your jump shot that you don't have better. Guy's a tool, man. He really is. He's BS to me. That's right, man. I appreciate it. Shakur, hey, Sil, I've never seen such a girl on athlete. It's, hey, hey, Shakur, watch this. Yeah, you have. You, A-Rod's hey, almost in that room, too. How come everyone likes Cheater and not me? You know, man, I mean, why is it so that they love Jeter? Because Jeter keeps his face shut and goes and plays, and you're crying about shit all the time? Hey, why don't you like me? Why do you like him more? Dude, who cares? Do you really care if another man likes you or not? Wow. Oh, I'll leave that alone. Big Sills get knocked off another platform if I go too deep, you know? Okay. How come he doesn't like me? <laughs> hey, when you ever hear me saying this, ready? Whenever you hear Big Sill saying, why doesn't Joey B and Shakur and Stefan and Ken and Krause Jr. like me? <laughs> hey, hey it, 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 it's time to cremate Big Sills and spread his ashes somewhere, okay? And you can spread them anywhere you want. 
I don't really care, man. I yeah. Now, if someone's going like this, man, I wonder why Shakur, man, I I, I wonder why Sienna, I wonder why she doesn't like me, man. You know, I wonder why Rihanna doesn't like me. I ain't got an issue. Then I'm really hurt. Then I'm really upset, right? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is like, you know, you know how you eat a peach and it really tastes great. Then you get to the pit and you, you, you bite on that pit and you're like, eh. then you get that stupid thing in your mouth for a while. You know, eating a peach is great. I love eating a peach or a plum, right? And then all of a sudden, man, you hit that seed and you're like, oh man, it just reminds you of what a, you know, hey, just be careful for the things you love in life. That's when, wait, when I'm eating a peach, I'm like, man, this is so good, nice and ripe, and everything's great. <laughs> Damn, not everything is always ending well that tastes well, right? And that's Ben Simmons. He's the pit in the peach after you're done. You first love the peach, and then all of a sudden, now he's the pit. Then you throw it anywhere, right? Into like a flower pot, into the trash into like um in the woods that's what ben simmons is all right let's get out of that guy because i've wasted wait a minute here i gotta do something here let me look down here hold on god when i die and i'm on my deathbed will you please do one thing for me will you please give me back three minutes of my life that i just wasted on ben pitt simmons thank you i'm sorry for doing that you know i know better We've had these conversations many times at night before I closed my eyes on my pillow. That was just three minutes of my life that I could have back. Please, when I'm dying and I'm just there, just on my last breath, three more minutes. Thank you, God. Amen. We go on this Wednesday. How you doing, Robert? Appreciate you coming aboard. Stefan, we're Philly fans. We hate everyone. <laughs> the National Basketball Show? No, no, no. This is what, hey. Big Sills goes after everybody. Nobody, no one, no one, and I mean it, no one is safe, including me. How you doing? Joey B, can't stop laughing. Simmons the pit. Eating that peach and it's all good. All right. At least in a watermelon, you kind of spit them seeds out, you know? You hit your boy in the face with it. Hey, dumb, man. Well, come over here near me. Hey, you know, I, I like spitting watermelon seeds. How you doing? Yeah. That pit, though, man. You eat that peach. It's like Ben Simmons. <laughs> hey, hey, please, God. Just get. Oh, no, no. When I'm dying, I'm laying on my bed. Just so you know, bro, I'm laying on my bed. I'm going to go, please, God, can I have just one of my wife's meatballs or my grandma's or my aunt's meatballs before I pass away? And I wasted three minutes of my life on that toolbox, Ben Simmons. Can I please have a meatball? Thank you. All right. Let me get over to this thing here. Are you done? All right. How many people are going to do this at the end of this year if this season goes sideways for the Eagles? And Sirianni's a one and doneer. What do you think a one and what, what do you think a one and done coach looks like? Okay. Muhammad just asked me, what would be my last meal? Lobsters, scoongeal, lobster, scoongeal, steamed clams, angel hair pasta, 
okay? What would be for dessert? It would probably be a coconut custard pie. I like that, coconut custard. So it would be a five-pound lobster from the Palm Restaurant. It would be scoongeels. It would be steamers. And it would be, it would be angel hair pasta. It would probably, like I said, coconut cream pie or coconut custard. That's what be. I love scoongeels. Scoongeels my like maybe my favorite meal done right because my grandpa and I used to be. My grandpa was an Italian fisherman. He was a fisherman and a fireman. How's that for you? I guess who his helper was. It was big sales. Adam Gase. <laughs> hey. Oh my God. When I was hey real quick before I hey and again do you think Nick Sirianni could be a one and done guy? I'm gonna get into that in a minute here. But yeah, I used to go on the boat with my grandpa and how I used to. Um, how I used to get into shape, we'd go out on Long Island Sound, right? And my grandpa had like 200 lobster pots, and we'd lift these lobster pots. My grandpa was this old, old cranky old guy, man. He just loved the hell out of me. He never told me, but he showed me every day. We're lifting these pots. My grandpa's 60 years old. Give me that son of a bitch. He's throwing them things. Man, there's fish inside the pots. He's stabbing, cutting the heads off. It was like a slaughterhouse out there. I used to go, oh. Then we catch those eels and stuff. I'm in the boat, afraid and stuff. Holy cow. It was like a horror scene. I'm out there for 80 hours, man. I come back. My grandma sees me. We're driving in. I get, My face is as red as an apple. What are you doing? What are you doing? That was crazy. And if my grandpa's lobster pots got caught underneath, guess who went down there and dove 30 feet down to get them? That's how I built up my, I'm not kidding. That's how I built it up. I dove down, took the lobster pots off the rocks, and I done. Crazy, <laughs> but I loved it every minute of it. Scoongeal. No Diet Coke. Do I look? Smile. Do I look like a Diet Coke guy to you? That's like saying this. Hey, Sills, here, here's a half a sandwich. <laughs> Do I look like a half a sandwich guy? I don't eat. Hey, hey Sills, uh, how, about, how about like a half a sandwich and a Diet Coke? No. And when somebody cuts me a piece of pie, you cut me a hunk. Not a slice. I like hunks. That's what my grandpa used to say. Hey, Dan, you want, your grandpa's name was Danny, too. Hey, do you want a, um, do you want a piece of pie? My grandfather would go, no, 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 I want a hunk of pie. <laughs> so Sirianni, man. Okay, he, could he be a one and done, dude? Could he be a one, could he, could he be a one and done guy? <laughs> well, where was your phone? Sorry, it's over here, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I've just learned how to use it, too, so. Can a hunk of pie? Stefan Sirianni will get at least two unless he loses the team. That hasn't happened yet. The old line, the old staff has made the offense just for Hurts. Okay, listen, and I think it's working. I think they really, but here's the problem you have. What if you lose the defensive side of the football? They've put so much emphasis, the Eagles have, on one side of the football right now. And don't you think that it's showing its head in the games right now? Okay? Don't you think? Right? I mean, they've done so much to try to improve what's going on with the offense. Look at what the, what's happening on defense. Linebackers, hey, by the way, Jalen Smith is now out there. And do you make a move for him? I let that guy clear waivers first. 
I'm not going to sit here and go like this. Hey, you should sign Jalen, Jalen Smith to the Cowboys just cut. How about the Cowboys finally making a cut? They're now trying to be economically responsible for the, um, for the unbalance that they have when it comes to their salary cap. You see, they may be overpaying right now for Ezekiel Elliott, but because of Tony Pollard being on an $800,000 contract, you know, the kind of the group, you know, if you think about it, it's 14 million bucks for two guys. So you're going to kind of go like this. All right. Pollard's giving me the same production that Zeke is. So the group is giving me some production and I'm not really spending a boatload of money on it. You know what I mean? Like you're not just relying on one guy. If it was just one guy, but you got two dudes in the backfield so that you can have a, you can have a conversation if you're in the cowboy room going, eh, at least it's, it's viable because we got two guys doing it and we're paying for two guys. You're paying $850,000 for Tony Pollard. And then you're turning around paying $14 million for Zeke overpaid. Yes. But at least they cut Jalen Smith. They owe the money this year, but the cap space that they're going to save for the upcoming uh, off season is going to be really big for them. So yeah. Uh, Jalen Smith and Jamie Collins. I said six wins for the Eagles this season. I was being generous. Hey, Ezekiel, <laughs> these guys talked me in. These guys talked me into nine. And that even is Krause Jr., too, man. They talked me in the nine. I had it at six wins, too. I said, nah, man, I don't see it. I did, but, but get this. You want to hear this, though? I thought it was going to be on the other end of the ball. I thought it was going to be offense struggling. I don't really think the offense is struggling all that much because I'm not expecting them to go out and score 38 points a game. Carl says important game this week versus uh, Carolina. Yeah, and Car get this, and they just bring in Stephon Gilmore. I don't know if he's ready, though. Christian McCaffrey also started practicing today. So that's going to be a big deal. Hey, Ramil, let me say this. Um, I'll throw this at you here. There's no doubt you could cut every one of the Eagle linebackers right now. Okay? You can. Okay, so Muhammad just said that Gilmore's not going to be active for the Eagles game. You know, he was he was on the player, like the player unable to perform list. Was he on the pup list? Yeah, he was. Oh, he's still on the pup list. Okay. So that's player unable to perform. You know how stupid that list is? They don't owe the player their full contract when you put when you get put on that player and able to perform list, there's some sort of like, um, I think it's like 60% of the contract that you have that the club only has to play, uh, pay you when you're on that list. So, but Hey, but, um, Christian McCaffrey did step on the field. I don't know how much playing time he's going to get this Sunday. We'll just have to see. All right. So do you think he's, a one and dunner. What would be the reason to fire Nick Sirianni at the end of the year? Okay. I don't think you should fire a coach after one season. All right? I don't. Okay? We couldn't beat a six-round pick. Yeah, but, hey, R. Anthony, you want to pay that money? Carolina picked up that contract. And he, they picked up the current contract. It's a lot of money, man. And he was trying to renegotiate a new contract. Okay? If he shows up at Carolina and plays well, how you doing, Trev? All good. 
they could. And by the way, our Anthony, I thought that out too this morning. I thought maybe the Eagles might want to go out and look at Stephon Gilmore. I'm sure Howie and then kicked it around a little bit in the front office on whether or not to bring his ass in or not. But here's how I would think that Sirianni would be a one-and-done coach. If that defense just completely just absolutely lays an egg, and then all of a sudden you see Jalen Hurts just not getting anywhere. And after the Kansas City game, I was, I said it too, and I said it on the post-post game show with Kraus Sr. I said it. I go, you know, I thought the offense played well, man. They ran the ball for 100 yards. Uh, Jalen threw for 387. I thought he was effective. He threw for two touchdowns in the game. I didn't have a problem with him. And this is with, like, a bunch of the guys in the offensive line out. Lane with his personal issue still, too. I, I thought he played well. I didn't – I really came away with that game going, that's the best I've seen him play. From where he was on that Monday night against the Cowboys to where he was in that game against Kansas City, I thought he actually played pretty good. So, I mean – that defense, though, man, here's, here, here's what I think. That guy Gannon's a one-and-donner. I don't think it's going to be Sirianni one-and-done. I think it's Gannon who's going to be one-and-done. Muhammad, the defense is the problem and the running game and the ability to be able to stay focused in the running game. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to be in his ear. I'm talking Nick Sirianni. Hey, coach, don't forget, balance, balance. But see, I think that comes from a quarterback. You don't think, and let me ask, let me throw this in here. You don't think that the experienced quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or some of these other great ones go to their coach all the time and go like this. How many times are you watching the Buccaneers run the ball with a guy who's the all-time leading passing yardage guy in the history of the game? Look how much the Buccaneers have been running the ball. Look how much they ran the ball in New England. I know it was the weather that kind of dictated that a little bit. But experienced quarterbacks are always looking for balance, man. Hey, we got to run the ball more here. Play action is all predicated off that. If you're not running the ball, you turn your team into a one-dimensional football team. And in today's defenses, when you've got coordinators on the other side of the ball that want to make you one-dimensional, think about this for a second. I want to show you guys something. Remember, we need to stop the run, and Jalen Smith is a decent – yeah, but not at that price tag. Just not at that price tag. T. Lewis says Gannon isn't aggressive enough. I agree 100%. But, and, and, and T. Lewis, think of this for a second, okay? Follow me here. The defensive coordinators do everything in their power to turn you into a one-dimensional football team, right? The Eagles are turning themselves into a one-dimensional football team, and the coordinator doesn't even have to put Defenders in positions to make you one-dimensional. You're shooting yourself in the foot by doing that offensively, right? When you do that offensively and the defensive coordinator's going against the Eagles right now, do you know what I'm thinking? Watch this. I'm doing this. I'm in the team meeting. I'm in Carolina right now, and I'm watching game film on the Eagles. You know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm doing this. Well, they're not committed to running the ball. They don't believe they can run the ball. They haven't all year. Why are they all of a sudden magically going to turn it around and think that they're going to run the ball um, against Carolina? Carolina's got a good front seven, too. This could look a little bit like the 49er game. And I would do this. So they're going to be one-dimensional probably by 
the end of the first quarter, if we see this number again, 12 carries for the Eagles against Carolina, you got killed again. You would have gotten killed. Now, as for Jalen Smith, I'll put Jalen Smith on my team. He's a good player, but he's not. See, here's the problem that the Cowboys have always gotten themselves into. The Cowboys have always got themselves into trouble because they overpay for good players. You know what I mean? They overpay for really good players, but not great players. Like, the money he's making, you have to be exceptional. Aaron Rodgers stuff, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, $20 million. You're paying that kind of money to those guys. Jalen Smith, what do you have a Pro Bowl in 19? Okay. He had a decent year, but I don't really think he's been an elite guy. I just don't. Gannon, in my opinion, will be replaced. Okay. I think he'll be replaced at the end of the year. There's just too much youth on that staff. And no disrespect to Gannon. I just think there's too much youth there. All right. Is Jalen Hurts getting a true shot to be the future of the Eagles? A little bit more on Stephon Gilmore. Um, Josh Gordon has been activated. Some college news. Ed Ogeron's on the hot seat. I want to say and tell you how hypocritical that is from a television network to throw that out there when it's all political and all about money. Anything you want to bring up, do me a favor. We'll get back to you here in a couple minutes here. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes really the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. 
Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show Dance. By the way, do us a favor. Please hit that like button for us. And if you can't watch all the show, do me a favor, share it, and maybe go back and watch it a little bit later on. Tony Saragusa, no, not the football guy. Last word on college football. And one of the poll voters, and he's on the board of directors also for the college football top 25, will be with us in hour number two, and we'll get his thoughts. Bob, appreciate you coming aboard. Thank you so much. Got some interesting stuff going on in San Francisco. About San Francisco, an outlier for Deshaun Watson. Man, they'd be kind of kicking the tires on everybody from Tom Brady to Matthew Stafford. We, You know what's crazy? I said this all throughout the offseason, and everybody in San Francisco kept going, Silio, you're lying. Well, turns out Kyle Shanahan confirmed what I said. They were going after Stafford. They were kicking the tires on Deshaun. Hell, two years ago, they kicked the tires on Brady for a week. They admitted it. Then they decided to stick with Jimmy G. Hey, and for the record, how's that thing looking now after Jimmy G getting hurt again? Okay, we'll get to that here in a second. We'll get to Jalen and Sirianni, and there's so many other storylines here too. Uh, Cutting a Stephon Gilmore over money. The Patriots are never going to overpay for people. But here's the difference. Get this, guys. They don't have Tom Brady in the building any longer. Veterans are going to take less money to play with Brady. They're not going to take less money to play for Mac Jones. Mac Jones is not inspiring anybody right now. Okay? Hey, Stefan, Cincinnati top six? I think Cincinnati's top five. You see the Bearcats? I think they're top five. Get to that here in a minute. So you see the stuff going on in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer? This thing gets better and better every day. But because of the uh, local gator honk media in the state of Florida, they're not going to really kill that guy because you know why. What's a gator? Oh, he's a gator. I thought he was a Buckeye. Oh, whatever. Every newspaper has an editor that has some form or fashion have ties to the University of Florida, so they're not going to kill him. They'll protect him in a way. Why do you think he took the Jags gig? Because that state protected him. When his guys were getting arrested, and he had 36 arrests while he was the coach at Florida, the media in the state of Florida protected his ass. They never wrote stories about the gangsters in Gainesville. They always wrote stories about hurry gangsters and all those guys at Miami. They never, ever went after Aaron Hernandez or Pouncey Twins or all the people who were kicked off the team. That's why that dude, he, we, hey, it was a perfect fit for him. State income taxes, you know, all of that stuff. They protect, hey, you know what now? I got a new name for Urban Meyer. You know what it is? It's called Urban Cowboy. How you doing, man? Urban Cowboy. Hey, you know, Buck and Bronco. How you doing? <laughs> hey, wait, who's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jags? Urban Cowboy. Yeah, that's my boy. 
You see my boy out there grinding it out with a co-ed man? How about that? Urban Cowboy. Yes, sir. Yeah. You see him, man? He was roping that thing in. Yeah, right? That was Urban Cowboy. I like Urban Cowboy. Kind of brings it to, you know, a man being a man, right? Puts on a pink Ohio State hoodie. Shows up at a co-ed bar <laughs> on campus. Goes after the little girls, man. Hey, remember, Urban Cowboys around you, bro. Best be careful. Because, you know, it ain't about his Jags team anymore. Even though he had baby Jesus. Now you know why he had baby Jesus on the team. Covers up for all the BS that's in his life. That's my guy, Tim. He's got such high character. Yeah, unfortunately, you don't. Okay? Unfortunately... Yeah, Bob Urban Cowboy, man. You like it? <laughs> Woo-wee, Urban Cowboy. What's up, man? Coach, how's the uh, Jags doing? I don't know. I was out of town. <laughs> Didn't you see the video? Yeah, Coach. I mean, like, when you're at the bar, were you breaking down, like, uh, third and eight? Oh, you bet I was breaking down third and eight. <laughs> you bet, man. Hey, you know how everybody has a six-foot rule? Not Urban Cowboy. Ruby Cowboy has no six-foot rule. This guy has a six-inch rule. How you doing? <laughs> the Cowboy was out, man. Hey, the Cowboy was out of the barn. <laughs> Horse got out of the barn, man. Woo! Go get him, Herb. Yeah, everybody at Fox not doing anything crazy. All right, let's get back into – let's get back where we were here. Sirianni, will he probably be a one-and-done guy? No, okay? No. Okay, he won't be, but there'll be changes on that coaching staff. Okay? <laughs> hey, just Mike. Mike's like, Urban's, uh, yeah, displaying a three technique. Yeah, Mike, this is how you put a three technique in. You get your hand down in a stance. Then you put your face right there in the three hole. Right there, baby. Right there on a shade. And you're looking right in. And you got to make sure you wiggle. <laughs> you got to make sure you wiggle. That's how you play a three technique. Herb knows how to play that three technique. He's more, he's better on a shady technique though, ain't he? <laughs> oh, hey, no, no, not Clinton. Okay. The doggy man. That's a great dance. I thought he was going to do the doggy on the floor there with her, right? <laughs> yes. See, Muhammad knows it. See, man, when you're playing a three technique, man, Big Seals like to hit the gap. Boom. Boom. Looks like Herb's hit the gap a few times. At least that's what his wife on Twitter was saying. All right. So is Jalen getting – a proper shake at being the starting quarterback, not this year, but for the future. Do you think he's getting a fair shake? I do. <laughs> Carl, it's always family entertainment. How you doing? It's always family entertainment. Just look on Urban's Twitter feed. I love my daughters. I love my wife. I love them. We're a family unit. 
We love our family. You know, hey, I may take little respites. Like I said yesterday, what was the, um, the Gainesville one? What was the Gainesville one? Oh, it was a heart issue. And, and, and what was the Ohio State one? Oh, yeah, brain cloud or something. Right? Robert says, I think Gilmore hamstring, it's a lot worse off than we're making it out to be. Okay, that's why he's probably still, Robert, on the, uh, on the pup list, on the player unable to perform list. Okay? That's probably why he's, he's still on that list. But, you know, there's no question that. I, I, I do think if he gets his ass in shape, I do think that he'll be a factor on that Carolina team. And Carolina, they've got the richest, or excuse me, the second richest owner. I think the McNair family or Kroenke are the richest owners in the NFL. And he, he thinks he's got a good football team. Now, Here's the deal. Let's ask. This is a fair question here, and I hope everyone understands where I'm going with this because, you know, when you give a guy an opportunity to be like Mitchell Trubisky, do you think Mitchell Trubisky um, got a fair shake to be the starting quarterback in Chicago? Stefan says more than a fair. He has had the easiest path to the starting job as any backup that I ever can remember. Trevor says, no, Jalen is going to be here for the next two, three years. His contract is very cheap. He's definitely going to peak next year. So Nunez thinks next year is going to be the issue for him. Nunez says Trubisky was not with the right coach. You know what? Did you see Mitchell Trubisky playing against Chicago in the exhibition season when he had Sean McDermott? He's now the backup quarterback to Josh Allen. He looked pretty good, didn't he? He looked pretty good, man. I made comments right here on the National Football Show. I said, wow, man, that guy looks like he actually is a first-round draft choice. So Mitchell Trubisky, man, under the right circumstances, like you said, right coach, you know, maybe that guy was without a question, okay, just in the wrong situation. Just Mike, he got a fair shake, just a shitty system. Trevor says Nagy was forced to work with Mitchell. Did they act, but you know what, Trevor? They won a division title with him. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Nagy win NFL Coach of the Year one season with Mitchell Trubisky as a starting quarterback in Chicago? I could have swore he was the NFL Coach of the Year there in Chicago. I want to say either 18 or 19. He won the NFL Coach of the Year award. John Fox did a better job with Mitchell than Nagy did. Yeah, 18 was it? Okay. Carl says Hertz is ranked 17th by CBS Sports. And that just could be because that's that Pete Prisco guy. He don't know shit. He thinks he does. He don't know shit, Pete Prisco. Guy, every time, you know, he, guy goes on his radio show, he talks trash on me. I've never met the guy, never heard the guy in my life. Ever. I've never, ever. Before before he started, I, I people are going, hey, Dan, you see this guy, Pete Prisco, talking trash on you. I was like, I don't know Pete Prisco. I've never met him. I've never spoken to him. I have no idea who he is. Oh, he's the CBS guy. And I'm like, okay, great. Oh, sure. Nunez says, honestly, the Eagles will not use a first round on a quarterback, maybe a third or fourth. This is because how he's not going to pay that money going to a first round quarterback. Okay, so here is let me let me let me let me put this out there. Is 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 Jalen getting 
a fair shot at being the future. Don't you? Doesn't it look like this? Wouldn't a fair shot? Wouldn't wouldn't a fair shot be hiring a coach who is a like a guru at quarterback building? You know, you here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look. There's no question. Watch this here. You know, Cliff Kingsbury got fired at Texas Tech. He was fired. But Steve Kime, the general manager in Arizona, went like this. You know one thing, though? This guy knows how to develop the quarterback. And he got a lot of kudos for working with Patrick Mahomes in Lubbock. And so when and, – and, 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 help me, and help me out on this progression. I think Kingsbury got the offensive coordinating job at Southern Cal when um, Clay Helton was still there. And then, then they ended up going, and Steve Kime, the general manager of the Cardinals, they ended up hiring him as their head coach. Okay, nobody going into this year went like this. Okay, 203, baby. I love the 203. Big Sills is from the 203. And to me, they saw that he knew how to develop the quarterback. If you're in, if you're in Philly and you hire a first-year coach, and then you've got all these youngsters on your coaching staff, okay? You got all these youngsters on your coaching staff. Is that really putting Jalen in a position to win? Because we're getting this right now with the Eagles. This is what we're getting with the Eagles right now. Ready? One week, defense looks like they played decent. The next week, what are we getting? We're getting we're, we're getting the offense play poorly, like they did against San Francisco. Then all of a sudden, we're watching um, the offense pick it up against the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, this weekend, I think the Eagles are going to be in for a pretty rough one because that defense is pretty good. I know people are going to go, yeah, but Sills, you see what the um, you see what they did to Carolina. Yeah, well, guess what? Carolina kind of hung in there for a little bit. The Eagles were never in that Cowboy game. They were never in that Monday night game. The only thing competitive about the Eagles and Cowboys on that Monday night was the coin toss. They were never really in that game. Carolina kind of was in that game for a bit. Panthers are going to smash the Eagles. Ramil says, Sirianni is somewhat of a yes, man. I say that because if Laurie and Roseman ask him why there's not more, you know, he has to comply. See, there's no question there's a lot to that. And, 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 And Trevor, yeah, he practiced today. From what I understood, you were right yesterday. When you said that um, Christian McCaffrey was going to um, was going to uh, be back on the field today sporadically, they kind of put him in drills and such, and they saw what he did today. Nunez says, "Dan, we can say what we want. How he used the second runner. You guys are going to lead me here now, Trevor. I need your help for everybody in the room here. This is important, Trevor." Trevor's my guy on my national radio show at night, too. Trevor, 
Tell me Howie Roseman's last two draft classes. Tell me how they've done and if he's produced the pro bowler in the last three years from his draft. Can can anyone help me with that? Has Howie Roseman drafted a pro bowler in the last three years? Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't want to go back too far for Trev, but the la- let's do the, la- the last three years. Carson Wentz was a pro bowler. Nunez says no. I heard they are waiting on results for Elaine Johnson for steroid use. Oh, big Chris, I want to wait for that before I go there. Nunez says no. Carl says Knicks. No, Howie sucks, Dano. You know that. So do we, Ken. How many of the players in the last three draft classes are still on the team? I mean, has the majority of those guys been cut? Because I don't see a lot of those guys on the Eagle football team. You know? King Music says, I'd love to sign Jalen Smith on a cheap. Oh, yeah. King Music, you have to wait for him to clear waivers. And for the record, I don't really believe anybody's going to sign Jalen Smith on the contract that he's making right now. I I just don't believe it. Okay? I I just don't believe it. Trevor says, no pro bowlers. Okay. So So Howie in the last three drafts has not had a pro bowler. Okay? Is that a problem? Uh, Yeah. Okay? Yeah, but, hey, Big Chris, clear waivers. Then you can cut your own contract. Then you don't have to pick up the deal with him. Once you clear waivers, and clearing waivers is this. Every team has a shot at you from this last draft. Thank you, Trev. Every team has, and it goes from the top pick all the way down from this previous draft. And every team has a shot at him. But you have to pick up the deal if you claim him off waivers. And nobody's going to pick up that contract. It's an overpriced contract. It's the reason that the Cowboys cut him. It's not because he's not a good player. He's overpriced. Trevor says, big, big problem. So Howie in the last three drafts has not produced a pro bowler. Wow. Not one? I'd like to know how many of those guys are still on the team. I mean, I, 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 I kind of... Broached it a little bit last night, and I don't see a lot of these guys from three years ago on the Eagle roster. I mean, dude, some of these guys have to become your core guys. I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys a for instance here. Okay, follow me here. So when Tony Dungy took over the Buccaneers, this is a lesson that Dungy taught me. I, I, I'm gonna hit on that. I want I'm gonna tell you. What Dungey told me, and this is what's lacking, I think, on the Eagles. By the way, we got a bunch of college. We got a bunch of NFL stories. The Steelers, they made a mistake, by the way. They made a huge mistake, okay? Landing spots for Aaron Rodgers, too. So we got a bunch of stuff to hit on here. Don't forget, Tony Saragusa. No, not that guy. 
Okay, no, not that guy. From the last word in college football, we'll be with us in hour number two. We'll get back to your thoughts, just like my friend Tone DeShields. We'll get to all you guys. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. National Football Show. Thank you guys for coming aboard. By the way, wasn't that a pretty cool scene last night at Fenway? Wild card, you know. You, you know, you, you have to love Aaron Boone. You see that dumbass comedy made after the game? By the way, the Red Sox smoked him. You see the comment, you know, the Red Sox are now closing the gap on the dude. You haven't been relevant since your old man died. Ken, thank you, brother. Really cool, man. Thank you, Ken. You're awesome, brother. That, that's really cool of you, man. You guys are really cool. We love you guys, man. Thank you. Means a lot. Dude, hey, it's so Aaron Boone, man. I pray to God he gets fired. But see, you know, here's a delusional fan base. There's so many delusional fan bases. Cowboys have a delusional fan base, too. Oh, we're going to win it all. Dude, you haven't won anything. You haven't been to an NFC Conference championship game. 28 years. Come on, man. Look at where you are in the conversation here, okay? Right? Look at where you are in the conversation. 
you know, you know, they're closing the gap. Dude, closing the gap. Yankees haven't been the same since your your old man died. You don't spend the money anymore. You don't go after people you need. Yankees are one-dimensional. Hit home runs, and they sit around waiting for somebody to do something else. Okay? What when that watch this? You think Aaron Judge would his contract would be up going into an offseason if the boss were alive? You would have signed him at the beginning of this year. There wouldn't have been any of that. And Brian Cashman, the, the only reason Brian Cashman is still the man the general manager of the Yankees is because the boss is dead. That's it. It's the only reason. That guy's ass would have been fired five years ago. Five years ago. But the kids don't have the balls to fire the guy. Whatever, man. You know? Right? Whatever. So, yeah, yeah, but it was a great setting. Then tonight it's Cardinals and Dodgers. How about that whole scenario in the National League West? Two teams over 105 wins. (laughs) What's a wild card? Holy cow. Jeez, oh, man. So Jalen Smith, I know some of you guys want to bring him into Philly. Yeah, okay. Clears waivers. I'm not a, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. Aaron Boone would have been fired after the 18 season. 18? Really? Wow, you gave him a lot more than I thought. Big Chris. Yankees got the pitching at least. Bullpen is solid, but need a shortstop. Need a closer, dude. I've said this to you before about the Yankees. They've been able to replace Derek Jeter. They've never been able to replace Mariano Rivera. They've never been able to replace that guy. Stefan Panther, the Eagles need to watch what the Pats did to Aaron Donald last year in New York. Okay, I like that. It's a different team, though, and a different coach and different attack. Matt Rule's a good coach, dude. Okay? He, he's, he, he has... Received really good coaching. Who's more delusional fan base? Cowboy fans, Hurricane fans, or Yankee fans? All of the above. All of the above. Absolutely, all of the above. Hurricane fans, they think they're going to go out and sign Mario Cristobal. And they think they're going to go out and sign, like, you know, these big-name coaches. It's not a big job anymore. used to be. It's not a big job, dude. It's just not. It's not a big gig. It used to be a big gig, but it's not the big gig any longer. All right. I want to show you something here. And Big Chris says, Cowboy fans take pride and brag on a loss like the Tampa game. Absolutely. Hey, man, we played hard against the champs. We get a merit badge for that. See, that's the great thing about Boston, Philly, and Chicago. Those three fan bases there, you know what they're doing, man? They'll go like this. You don't get shit for showing up and getting a commemorative I was there patch. Well, I was in the wild card. (laughs) Dude, what? So who cares? And bank. Every time I say bank, you know what that means, friends? Every time I say that to you, that means you're not going to get pats on the back for things that are supposed to be a given. Well, this guy's really a great... Hey, anytime you hear media people or so-called experts doing this, this guy's really a great talent. Duh. He's in the NFL. What'd you think he was going to suck? 
they always love giving these hall passes to people. Hey, you know what, though, guys? I will say this. I'm buying the Cowboys. I know. I know. I know I'm buying the Cowboys. I'm so buying the Cowboys. At least right now. Yeah. What you think he's good for this good in the CFL? <laughs> uh Dougie P laughed on his way to the bank. Dougie P, I hate to do this to Eagle fans. Doug Peterson has been your best coach in the last 60 years. I know you hate to hear that, but Doug Peterson is your best coach in the last 60 years because he did the most important thing. He won division crowns. He has an NFC championship, and he's got a Super Bowl to his name as the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Okay? No way would he take that job, Muhammad, even though there's a potential quarterback. I like this topic. Where will Doug Peterson end next year, and where will he be the head coach? Because he will be a head coach next year. Where could you see Doug Peterson coaching? Doug Peterson's not – hey, Trevor, he's not getting that Miami, that Miami job. No way. No way. Brian Flores, they like him. I know it's kind of off the rails right now. I know it's off the rails. Where, where could you see Doug Peterson next year? You ready? Kellen Moore's getting the Dallas job. Okay? The offensive coordinator is going to get that job next year. I think they'll fire Mike McCarthy in the offseason, especially if they don't win. Smile says Southern Cal. <laughs> Southern Cal. They, they got the money, that's for sure. They could offer him they could offer him $10 million to coach that team. And would you take it instead of going back to the NFL? And do a Pete Carroll. Wow. Stefan throws the Giants in there. Would they give up on Joe Judge? You know, the Myers and the Tishes, they're not really like that, firing guys like that. They don't like firing head coaches. Miami Hurricanes. Again, delusional. Chicago. See, I don't like Justin Fields. Atlanta, I don't like that job because you've got a quarterback that you have to move. And you don't have a guy in the room there right now. Okay? Could you see Mike Tomlin moving? Texans? There's no future there. Bears. That's what T. Lewis, Bird Gang says. Man, that's a great call. Where would Doug, LSU? Ten. See, the reason that Trevor's bringing up Doug Peterson potentially going to college is because those jobs pay well, and they pay more than the NFL. <laughs> Clinton says, hey, man, we're doomed as long as we have Howie in the room. There's no question the Eagles need a new GM. We just got through mentioning here that the last three drafts have been pathetic for the Eagles. Look at the – there's no pro bowlers. That's terrible. Kansas City, Reed retires. He was an assistant there, wasn't he? You think Reed? Get this. I don't think Carl's that far off. Hey, follow me here. 
kid has issues, right? His son on the coaching staff going into the Super Bowl. He's had health issues now. What is this, the second time in the last four years, five years now? Minnesota. Could you see him going to Kansas City and Doug Peterson getting that job? Wouldn't they elevate the offensive coordinator there, though? I think they would. I think they'd elevate the OC to being the head coach because Mahomes likes the offensive coordinator, and I think they'd elevate the OC. I do like the Minnesota angle here, but again, it's a quarterback issue. Okay, Kirk Cousins. You know, I don't know. I do like the college angle here. I do. I like the college angle here. Vikings or college? Okay. Mm. I think Raheem Morris is going to get an opportunity. The defense coordinator for the Rams, he's going to get a shot. Clinton says dumping Reed was the biggest debacle ever. Now look at him, KC. Clinton, you did that twice, though, in Philly. You dumped for meal. You fired his ass. Goes to St. Louis, wins the Super Bowl. And same thing with Andy Reid. Ran his ass out. Both guys got ran out of town. Now, you know what? I'll take that back. Didn't Vermeer leave the, didn't Vermeer leave the Eagles because of health reasons? I thought he left. I thought he left Philly over health. All right. I have to take a timeout. I missed the break yesterday, so Krause Jr. was in my ear with it. We'll be right back here in this hour. Tony Saragusa, no, not that dude, from the last word in college football. We'll be at the bottom of the hour. Keep it right here, please, on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life. 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome aboard our two national football shows. Got everybody on here with us. Ted, thanks for coming aboard. Love everybody throwing their two cents into some of the things that we're saying here. Anything you guys want to drop in. Someone dropped in there that Dick Vermeil had a nervous breakdown. And I and I and you know what? And I love Dick Vermeil. I'm praying he gets into the Hall of Fame on the Veterans Committee this year. I love Dick Vermeil. He's a great coach. He's such a Hall of Fame guy. Okay, I mean it. He is such a Hall of Fame dude. But, you know, there's another guy in Philadelphia now going through mental issues. and uh, Be careful. Because Mr. Sensitive, Ben Simmons, you know, we don't want to upset him or anything and, you know, send him off into some tangent. You know, kind of talk quietly <laughs> around the guy. Okay. Hey, you know, from now on, like, from now on, every time I bring up Ben Simmons' name, I'm going to talk really low because he's got mental health issues. It's what Rich Paul says, his agent. Yeah. So, a little careful here. You know, every time, remember, remember, Philly guys. I'm sorry, maybe you don't hear me. Because you know what? I always have a problem with people whispering, too. I don't like people that whisper. You know why? I think you're shady when you whisper. If I can't hear you and I can't see you, I think you're shady. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Ted says Simmons has a sprained uterus like Carson Wentz. (laughs) No, 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 no. You're missing it, Nick. Or excuse me, Ted, you're missing it. Didn't he? Didn't he sprain both of his uteruses? I thought it was. <laughs> I thought he sprained both of them. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. I mean. Yeah, Ted. I. I thought it was both of his uteruses. Right. Muhammad's like the ultimate soft guy. <laughs> uh, are you? Are you making fun of me because I can't shoot jumpers? Yeah. Are you making fun of me? Because I don't have a jump shot? Yeah. Are you making fun of me because I pass the ball in critical situations? Yeah. Well, I want out of Philly, and I just put my $3.1 million home up for sale. I don't know why I'm shaking like that or acting like that. Forgive me. I have no idea. You know, because I, I just so you know that, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sensitive kind of guy, too. You know, I just, you know, you know, you know, just like, you know. You know, I just I'm, I could I could be a sensitive guy too. You know, you know, you know, chicks really dig me. You know the movie Stripes. You know, chicks really dig me because I rarely wear underwear, and um, you know, I, you know, I'm considered more of a pacifist. <laughs> Some of you probably don't even know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so bottom of the hour. <laughs> 
Carlos, Carlos, let's keep hey, let's keep it friendly here and let's keep it family here. Bottom of the hour. We'll talk to Tony Saragusa. No, not that Saragusa. Okay. No, not that Saragusa. He's from the last word on college football. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. We'll hit on that. Smiles to Spike Eskin said, usually players demand trade when they feel they aren't getting help. Ben Simmons demanded a trade because <laughs> he could have. Yeah, right. Dude, he's such a simp. The guy makes me sick to my stomach. He really does. You can pay that kind of money, man. I don't want to hear you belly aching over anything. Show up and play, bro. How about the way the Patriots handle things? Stephon Gilmore wants more money. They went like this. Not here, bro. Can you think of one guy that they've ever paid in the Belichick regime? Can you, can you think of one dude they ever went, not even Brady. Brady was never the highest paid guy in the history of the league. Never was the highest paid quarterback in his entire tenure there. That was the bitch at the end of the whole thing. Brady wanted two years guaranteed at $50 million per, and get this, the Patriots balked at it. What? Oh, by the way, just to show you a little media stuff here, did you see what Belichick said in a press conference yesterday about that Seth Wickersham book? I've never met the guy. Yeah, <laughs> He goes like this. I don't remember even. I don't remember talking to the guy. I've never met the guy. I, 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 I don't ever remember talking to him. So I text Belichick last night. I go, Coach, you know, because Jimmy Johnson introduced me to Bill. I go, Coach, um, have you ever talked to Seth Wickersham? He goes, Dan, I have no idea who he is. You know how many interviews I've done? You think Belichick is lying? Maybe, I don't know, maybe a little because he knows that there's a book coming out on him and it's not going to paint him in a good light. But then again, ESPN hates the Patriots. They hate Boston. They're a New York-centric company. They're a New York company. Okay? You see what they're doing to their employees, too? See Sage Steele? I talked to Sage yesterday, too. She's a hero of mine. Sage Steele now doesn't want to get, like, yeah, the vaccinations and not sitting here going to pimp that stuff or not. I think everybody has a right to do whatever they feel like. Okay. Sage is like, yeah, ESPN's firing people who don't do it. Wow. Really? So you now control your employees' bodies? Where's that written in the Constitution? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's a new deal. I guess it's a new amendment that no one voted on. <laughs> I haven't. Um, yeah, but Ted, Ted says Kraft called Belichick an a-hole when he was at a resort in Denver. Yeah, but you know what? Belichick has referred to himself as an asshole. So that's not really, I don't think that is breaking news or anything. Yeah, yeah, right. Clinton says Simmons couldn't shoot a pee out of a straw. I got a, I got a text from a friend of mine going like this. Seals National Football Show? I go, no, this is the big Seals show. We just put that tag up there. We bring up everything everybody wants to hit on. Carl says ESPN sucks. It does, man. It's a woke network, man. I mean, I, I, I refuse to watch it unless it's the programming that they have on it. The football and college football. College football game day is their best show. And PTI. I love PTI. 
Those guys aren't afraid. Okay, I love it, man. I, I, I love that PTI show. The rest of them suck. Woke Center, I love it. Woke Center. <laughs> yeah, so Sage walked it back a little bit, but hey, man, who am I? So let me let me show you guys one thing here. I think you'll get a kick out of this. I want you to always know something here. Know this. Muhammad says Kyrie will be getting paid $30 million to play 41 games and not practice with the team. Muhammad, I support him on this. If he doesn't want to get a vaccination, he has every right not to. He has every right not to. And I'm not a real Kyrie guy. I think the guy's head's flat, not the earth. <laughs> I think his head's flat. Okay? But I want to show you something here, guys. I wrote this out, and I, I thought about it last night, and you tell me if I'm on page. Okay? Oh, Birdman, I like I, – I knew Sage from Tampa when I was in Tampa. She was a broadcaster. Jay Crawford was there. So was Coward, too, man. He was also in Tampa. Yeah, Coward goes around telling everybody that they should get vaccinations. Like, he's a doctor. You know? I don't play one here. I'm not. And, and for the record, most Americans aren't anti-vaccinations. You know why? Every one of us have had smallpox, polio, measles. I'm, we've, we've had probably 16 shots in our lives. So Americans are not against it. It's against idiots. So let me show you something here on what fuels television. So this morning, you, know, you guys know who Joel Klatt is? Joel Klatt is a Fox Sports analyst for college football. So he went after my friend Ed Ogeron. And Ed's struggling right now. And it's LSU, and you have to win there. Ed, two years ago, won the national championship, right? And his six years at Baton Rouge and at LSU, he's 48-16-0. He's 4-1 and one in bowl games. He's won a Southeastern Conference championship, and he's won a national championship. And he's produced a Heisman Trophy guy and littered the NFL with first-round draft choices. Has he not? Okay? A lot of expectations at LSU, correct? They said he's not the guy with a 48-16 and 16 record, 4-1 and one in bowl games, winner of an SEC title, beat Saban, won a title, and he's not the guy. But you know why? Because ESPN and CBS have the SEC. Then they turn around and they support Jim Harbaugh, who's 49 and 22 over six years. He is one in four in bowl games and never beat Ohio State. But they support Harbaugh. You know why? Because they air Big Ten and Pac 12 games. It's all about TV, folks. And they support Jim Harbaugh. Jim, SEC, okay? The Southeastern Conference might be better than the NFC East right now. All right? That thing may be, that thing may be better than, this, than the NFC East. Muhammad, media rules everything. You're right. Think about that for a minute. And the average, see, you and I are going to know this because we reason things out here. Why would a guy back one guy with a shitty record and go after a guy who won a national title? You have to start looking at TV here. Okay? You start looking at television. By the way, why do you think ESPN 
is at the Red River rivalry this week for OU Texas. ESPN and Game Day are there because those are going to be future partners of theirs in the SEC. My point is, is that the politics now in college football has overtaken the true essence of what the game was once with all the great rivalries. I'm going to talk with my friend Tony Saragusa at the bottom of the hour about this because there's no question the television networks have so much say, along with the shoe contracts, on who wins the national championship. Yeah, no, hey, the Iowa-Penn State game is a Fox game. It's a it's the Fox game. That's why they're not uh covering it. But it's the it, game day though, Trev shows up at the top site of the week, traditionally. Even if they're not broadcasting the game, they show up at the number one game of the weekend. Okay? They're not showing up at a top five game between Penn State and Iowa this weekend. Okay. Clint says, how about Skip ranting about his cow? Dude, I, I, I don't watch Undisputed anymore because it's the Dallas Cowboy pregame show. It, it is. It's the Dallas Cowboy pregame show. They, they cover no other teams. They just cover no other teams. They cover the Cowboys. Even Coward, man. They're cover- you know why? Because they are the highest rated NFL show on weekends. That's why they're there. They're not sitting around talking about your Eagles, and that's why Eagle fans, that's why Patriot fans, that's why Bears fans, that's why Saint fans, they all hate the Cowboys. It's because of this glowing media love affair because of the television ratings, and yet they haven't done shit in 30 years. Carlos says, what's what's going on with Urban, Dan? What a setup. That pick in the bar. I don't think it's a setup, Carlos. I think Urban Cowboy, man. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's my boy, man. Urban Cowboy. Man, do I like that guy. He'll, hey, here's Urban Cowboy. Hey, man. You act like a good guy here, or you're going to be off my team. Well, what about you, coach, grinding on a chick in a bar or your bar? Well, don't do what I do. Oh. Okay. Robert says, sometimes I play in a three technique. Sometimes I play in four eye cock said. It's just one of them things where it's hard to get settled in. Hey, that's a good take, dude. Now we're starting to get somewhere on what the confusion is with Gannon on that side of the Eagles side of the football. What Robert just said. Tells me a lot. You know what that is? If Fletcher Cox is saying that he really doesn't understand what he's being asked to do in that new defense that Gannon has put in there, okay, then that just tells me everything I need to know. That's why they're playing slow. That's why they look like they're playing late. Because they don't know what's being asked of them. Clinton, thank you, man. Hey. Trevor says, at least Bear fans can knock out a Cowboy fan like Eagle fans. Hey, man, uh, Skip's such a tool. Let me, hey, let me, that's a big take up there by Robert. It is. That was a big take. We're, I, I now know what's going on with the Eagle defense. They, they don't, the Eagle defense is in the same place that the Cowboy defense was last year. What does that mean? 
the Eagles have to go out and find an experienced defensive coordinator and bring him in. I'm not saying bring Wade Phillips in, but you need to bring somebody like that in your room. What was her name? Something Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska. I think her name was Grindy. <laughs> I think her name is Grindy. I was doing it all last night to my wife. My wife goes, stop. Just stop. I said, honey, man, you saw me in a bar. My wife goes like this to me. You know what she said to me last night? I go, honey, if you ever saw me like that, you know, at a bar and I was doing something like that, you know what she said? She looked at me and she goes, wouldn't happen, man. It'd be the fastest two minutes. <laughs> it'd be the fastest two minutes. Wait, it'd be the fastest two seconds in her life. I looked at her and I said, <laughs> Herb was in there though, man, wasn't he? I thought he, I, hey, I, seriously, I thought he was John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Night fever, night fever. Look at Urban go, ho. <laughs> yeah, Urban was like, um, you know, like Saturday Night Fever, right? Like Danny Terrio. You guys have no idea who the hell that is. It's all good. Eagles need an influ infusion of talent on the D. You know what, though, Smile? I'm going to say this to you. I don't know if that's the case. You know why? There's one thing that's for sure. What the Cowboys are doing right now, they're almost doing it with the same personnel, and they just jettisoned the guy off the team that wasn't an essential part of that. They brought Quinn in, and it's changed the entire dynamic. You can't tell me Parsons is that much of an influence on that defense because if he is, He's not just up for the Rookie of the Year award defensively. He's up for the MVP or maybe even Defensive Player of the Year award. Because, I mean, what I do love about him, though, Michael Parsons, a kid from Penn State, his versatility of being able to put his hand down in the dirt and stand up and cover tight ends. Man, you find a guy like that, man. That I, I, I've said this before to everybody. One of the major losses that the Steelers have had over the last couple of years, wasn't Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. It was the fact that when Ryan Shazier got injured, that guy was the Gronk killer because he could play the run and he could cover the seam when Gronk got up that seam. And the Steelers were just a dynamic team when Ryan Shazier was on that, on that football team. And when he got paralyzed, man, that killed that defense. Okay? T. Lewis says, Gannon said, we don't have the personnel to play dime defense. That's why Wilson was on terror. Dude, he didn't. No way. T. Lewis, you're lying. Please tell me you're lying. He didn't say that. No way. You never take your pants down in public when you're a coordinator. Why do you think Belichick answers questions like this? Hey, so what, what, Bill, what do you think you have to do against the Buccaneers this week? Well, we're going to have to play team defense. We're going to have to know our assignments. We're going to have to do everything that is asked of our guys, and we're going to have to coach great. Why do you, th you swear, T. Lewis, that's an inexperienced young dude talking. Wow, is that dumb. So Carolina knows you can't play <laughs> – Carolina knows you can't play that dime defense. 
Why would you tell anybody that? Make them figure it out. That's so dumb. Hey, I, I don't really have a good jab. Would you tell somebody you don't have a good jab if you're getting into a, a championship fight? What a dumbass. All right, we're going to switch gears. Hang in there with me. My friend Tony Saragusa from The Last Word on College Football, not that Tony Saragusa, will be with us next. Keep it around the National Football Show. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. I just tweeted this out. So check this out. I want to show you something here. A staffer at the University of Miami confirmed a Miami Herald report that there was a fight between players Tuesday at practice, which led to players only meeting on the field to hash out some of their issues like brothers do. You know what I just tweeted out? About time. About time. get your ass kicked like that for 17 years first time somebody stood up and held somebody accountable for being lazy turnover chains rings selfies on the sidelines about time somebody stood up and got into a fist fight how to kick your ass up and down the field man do that stuff around me you kidding me 
You think you're going to do that stuff around Jerome Brown and myself or Alonzo Highsmith or any of them guys? You ain't doing that around us. That ain't happening. I can't tell you how many fights we had in the locker room if somebody wasn't doing their job. I was in the most competitive locker room. By the way, my record at Miami, just so you know and keeping score here, I had a national championship ring too. 22-1, and and we were 13-1 and at home. The two years I was part of that thing. Nobody's, Nobody's doing anything stupid that makes us look bad, and especially if we're losing. Stuff's dumb, man. Take, you see the guy scored, they're down 10, and they're taking selfies on the sideline. Somebody got into a fist fight. About time somebody got into a fight. That stuff is completely unacceptable. I'm watching that game. People are texting me and blowing my phone up, and they're going like this. Sills, what do you think? I go, I don't recognize the program. That's not the University of Miami. You see every one of those game balls back there? All the white ones? Jimmy Johnson gave me every one of them. Those are all game balls that head coach Jimmy Johnson gave me. Florida, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, East Carolina. Speaking of college football, I really love talking to the guy, man. We had a great time the last time he was on. Our friend Tony Saragusa from The Last Word on College Football in I'll tell you this, seeing all the fans back in the stands, I want to start there. Tony, how great is it to see all the fans, SEC, Big 12, uh, Pac-12, all around the country seeing them back in the stands again? That environment was missed last year, wasn't it? Boy, you know, I got to tell you, Dan, first of all, it's great being back on your show. I appreciate it very much. Um, It really is just such a different – look, college is what separates college football from everything else right? The atmosphere and the band and the cheerleaders and the student section and all of that really is what separates it from everything else and makes it more of an environment instead of just going to a game. College football is much more than just you're going to a game. It's the tailgate and it's, and it's being part of the sec- the student section and the cheering and the undying devotion to your school, your alma mater, your favorite team. You know, last year, even in covering college football, you know, when the Pac-12 shut down early on in the season um, and I was credentialed for SMU and was going back and forth to Dallas to cover uh, the Mustangs. And there were some fans there, but it was pretty quiet. And then the Pac-12 started up again and there were no fans. And it was strange. It really was being at at a UCLA versus Cal game on a Sunday morning when the only people there are security and operations staff and the people in the press box and the teams on the field. And it was honestly a little bit eerie to be in this 90,000 seat stadium (laughs) with a couple hundred people there. It was really weird. So to have that environment back is, is really exciting. It's it's part of what got me hooked on college football when I was a kid. I think you and I talked last time I went to my first game in 1972 with my grandfather and man, I was, I was, I was seven years old and I was hooked from that point on. There was, and there was no going back ever since. Yeah, man. My first game, you're, you're, I think you'll love this. My first game, I went with my dad mm-hmm. and you're not going to believe this. It was Lee Corso 
coaching the Indiana Hoosiers wow. at Memorial Stadium, and Washington and Warren Moon came into town, and they upset him at Memorial Stadium. I looked over at my dad. I go, I want to do this. <laughs> I, I go, I, 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 I want to do this. Look at these fans in this building. Right? And then I saw an oaken bucket that year. Yeah. And it totally got me hooked here. I want to bring this up to you here, and I want to slide sure. over to some of the storylines here. Yeah. Explain to me this, and I was listening to Joel Klatt earlier today talk about how Ed Ogeron's not the guy at LSU, and I want to read you some numbers here for Ed Ogeron. Ed Ogeron right now is 48 and 16. He's 4-1 mm-hmm. and one in bowl games. He's won a Southeastern Conference title. And he's also won a national championship. Then on the other hand, these guys are endorsing Jim Harbaugh, who's 49 and 22. He's never beaten Ohio State, and he's one and three over six years, going into his seventh years this year um, at Michigan. Are there lesser expectations than at Michigan than there are at LSU? And that's why LSU has heat on Big O. Boy, look, I think I think there's a lot of things on that. I think that I think that they have lowered the expectations at Michigan uh, because they've embraced Harbaugh and Harbaugh is not living up to them. So they've had to make a choice. You go you go with your own. You stick with your guy, Harbaugh, because he's one of yours. But it means you got to be willing to take a step back from the ledge a little bit versus LSU in the SEC. Two years removed from a national championship. Remember, look, this is the SEC, right? Yeah. Gene, Gene Chizik was fired two years after winning a national championship at Auburn. Great the difference is, of course, is you know Chizik had a bad record all around other than the national championship year. But it's the SEC. The expe- I laugh when they say it just means more you know, as their logo, but it does mean a little bit more insanity when it's the SEC. The other thing, and look, I don't mean to disparage any of my media brethren, but let's remember Joel Klatt works for Fox, which has a contract with the Big Ten. I brought um, that up. Okay. All right. I, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't see that. But I'm, th- th- I think there's a little bit of homerism in that as well, helping sell a product. Um, look, does Ed have heat on him? Yes. I think part of it was the expectations. Everybody was ready to accept last year being a bad year, right? He lost yep. 17 players off the national championship team to the NFL anybody is going to crater the next year. Um, I think they had overly high expectations of Max Johnson, a quarterback that he has not been able to fulfill. There is no running game whatsoever. They're missing an offense. I, I, they, they, they've tried to create an offense. What would Joe Brady do if he were still running the mm-hmm. offense? He's not running the offense, but let's do the best we can instead of creating based on what you have. Work with what you've got. Develop with you know what you've got instead of trying to live with what you would have had under a different coordinator, which is what it feels like to me, that they're trying to live with what would Joe Brady have created with this kind of talent. Boy, it sounds like the same stuff that goes on at SC then, trying to find right. the next Pete Carroll is kind <laughs> of maybe what they're trying to do at LSU. But, you know, I think you just hit on something that I thought about a couple days ago that – you know, someone asked me, what makes Saban better than everybody else? Is he that much better of a coach? And I said, I don't think his X is an O scheme is that much different than anybody else in the country. However, here's the key. And I posted a picture of my coaching staff when I was at the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. And that same coaching staff went on to win three Super Bowls in Dallas. His ability to build these 
to build these rosters, not just when it comes to players, but his coaching staff. Sure. Do you think there's any coincidence that the second best team potentially in the country is Georgia and Kirby Smart was on that Alabama staff? I mean, do you think that's really the secret sauce to the whole thing is that these coordinators that he has, they're brilliant, every one of them. They're high paid. And that's really the secret to Alabama is those coaches. Well, and it's not just the coordinators. If you look, he kind of created, he found a loophole in the system where you could create the analyst position, which is technically not on the coaching staff. Technically, they're not supposed to be on the field or in practice. They are, every school violates that rule, whatever. It's not a big deal. But technically, they're to be there to break down game film, to break down the opponents, to look for things that that frees up the coaching staff to work with the players, to develop the players. And these guys are going to sit in the office and break down films. But you look at the guys that he's had as analysts, and eventually they work their way up to his staff. Sarkeesian was an analyst. Look, the analyst position has almost become like a a coaching rehab center for guys (laughs) who have been fired from somewhere else, burned out somewhere else, Saban hires him as an analyst, keeps them there for a year or two. And next thing you know, they're they're working their way back up onto his staff, right? With years of experience now in the Alabama way of doing things, the Nick Saban way of doing things, and now they're his coordinators. And so it's it's a system which now everybody else is using. And but Alabama's got a budget for more analysts than pretty much anybody else in the country. So he's got a whole office full of football analysts. And and that adds to the staff that that is already, you know, great coaching minds from around the country. So it's um, he, he's got it all put together there right now. Absolutely. Let's go over to this one. Is it Alabama and Georgia and everybody else so far of what you've seen in the early part of the season? It really is. Those two have separated themselves from everybody else. Alabama looked a little less Alabama-ish at first, if I could make up words, you know, Alabama-ish. Um, they, they looked a little less so at first, and maybe Florida made them look a little bit more vulnerable than they actually really are. Um, when you saw, you know, look, Nick Saban says he coaches every game the same. They're all important. But when you saw him put the wood to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss last week, you know that, that he had that game. He's never going to admit it, but he had the game circled. He knew what was there. He knew the media attention, and he was never going to take the foot off the gas for, for that one. You look at what Alabama has ahead. They've got Texas A&M this weekend. Texas A&M is not living up to what people thought they would be preseason. Um, beyond that, they've got Tennessee. They've got New Mexico, LSU, Mississippi State, and then they've got the game with Auburn. All very winnable games. Georgia has a slightly more difficult path because Georgia's got uh, Kentucky. And yeah. I, look, I'm impressed with Kentucky's offense. I couldn't believe what they did last week to Florida. I was shocked. Absolutely. They look really good. Then And Georgia still has to play Florida also. So they've got a tough, couple of tough games. But, you know, look, Georgia has one of the stats that to me is one of the most impressive stats in the country right now, which is the, the stop percentage. And what that means is they've got a 95% stop percentage. And the translation of that means that 95% of the time, you're stopping your opponents from scoring. Your opponents are only scoring in 5% of their possessions. Wow. Only 5% of their possessions. That's just mind-blowing. 
So that that Georgia defense, everyone talks about JT Daniels because the quarterback is this and that in the SEC. That Georgia defense is something that's really exceptional to watch. Absolutely. With all the RPOs now you're seeing in college, for them to be able to do that on stops per series is incredible. Let's it get really over to is. Cincinnati here. Sure. How impressed have you been? I'll tell you, I watched that Cincinnati-Notre Dame game. I didn't really think Notre Dame was in that ball game um, really at all. Maybe a little bit at the beginning, but Luke Finkel, man, I don't know how he's not the number one guy also for the Southern Cal job because the AD's now there mm-hmm. at USC. But, mm-hmm. you know, two-part question here. How sure. good is uh, UC? Do you think they are a Final Four team? It looks like they got some bumps and speed bumps in their schedule as they go through. They still got SMU, mm-hmm. who's having a hell of a season this year, too. Right. Eric Dickerson's very happy that they're back to being undefeated <laughs> right. again. Right. Um, but – just give us your thoughts on uh, UC and how it plays out for them this year because they look like they got a really good team. I think Cincinnati is fantastic, and I think Fickle has done an amazing job there. Um, I think they should be a playoff contender. I don't know that they will be. I think if they run the table, right now, to me, they're the number four team in the country. I know the yeah. AP has them at number five. Um, I've got them ahead of Penn State, um, so I've got them at number four. Um, they should be. I don't know. Being stuck in the group of five, I don't know if they're going to get that look. I think they should. Look, it's also part of the reason why you move to the Big 12 in the next year or two, because then you can't be denied. And with Oklahoma and Texas moving out of the Big 12, Cincinnati is going to move to near the top of the pack of that conference pretty much right away. I'm a big fan of Desmond Ritter, the quarterback. Oh, I, wow. I think he I, performed well over the weekend against Notre absolutely. Dame. I think he's got to be in the short converse short yep. list for the Heisman. I yep. absolutely do. His completion percentage is phenomenal. His management of the game is phenomenal. He doesn't make big mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes that come back to, to haunt you. I think they're fantastic. Now, like you said, they've got to play SMU and they've got to play uh, UCF. So they've got a couple of challenging games coming up. But if they run the table, then I think they absolutely should get a look to the, you know, to the final four for the playoffs. And I do think, you know, I, and, and I heard your comment, I do think that Fickle gets talked a lot about for the USC job. My question is this, why would he want it? And I mean that seriously. It's not a knock on USC, but right now, Cincinnati's a better job. I mean, you're about to move to the Big 12 as one of the schools that helps save the Big 12, right? Because if Bob Bowlesby doesn't get those other four schools to commit, the Big 12 dissolves in, in due course. You're one of the schools that saved it, and you are a top 10 team the last few years. You move to the top of the pecking order of the Big 12, and you can get pretty much whatever you want out of the conference. Why would you want to move to the SC job, which is really a big struggle right now? And, and with a fan base that, frankly, is never happy in the past, well, as you put it, since Pete Carroll left. Yeah. They're never happy. Uh, and again, not a knock on, on SC at all, but if, if you're fickle, aren't you pretty happy at Cincinnati right now? Do you really see a need to move? I, I'm, I'm with you on that, too. And, Tony, I, I, I look at both, like, my alma mater, the University of Miami and SC, and I think the fan bases are so living in the past right. that – you know, if your best highlights are in your rear view mirror and they're <laughs> yeah. not looking forward and through the front window, right. then you've got problems with things that are around the program. And to me, what's killing SC and what's killing Miami is that you've got programs like Clemson, Ohio State, 
Look at what the Southeastern Conference is doing to the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. They're flying into those places and taking those kids out of there. Have you ever, you and I um, have been watching college football forever. I don't ever remember a kid transferring away from Southern Cal like JT Daniels, who was a high prospect, and going to an SEC school. They've got major problems. And I'm like this. Why why even would a guy like Mario Cristobal leave the Nike money Mm. at Oregon? Because he Mm. saw what happened to Chip Kelly when he left Oregon. He's floundered around for the last couple of years. Are those jobs just not as intriguing as they used to be because of the way college football has just expanded? Like you said, Cincinnati, if you told me that story 10 years ago, Tony, Cincinnati versus USC, I would say you're crazy. But today I'm with you. I'm like, why would I leave? I may be the best team in the state of Ohio. And by the way, Ohio State's in that state. (laughs) Right. Look, I think you and I grew up watching the game. 20 years ago, you had a handful of games on every weekend, right? Right. Now you've got 40 games on every weekend. If you're a high-end high school player, you've got a lot more options now to go play somewhere, be seen on national television, get a guy like a quarterback at Cincinnati, get hype for the Heisman, um, go play on national TV at Clemson or wherever, you know, DJ Uyunglele at Clemson and Bryce Young at Alabama were high school competitors out here in Southern California. Um, you've got the high school defensive player of the year from California for each of the last three years now playing at Oregon. Uh, you know, so you've got a lot more options. It's not tied into the major cities, the major programs. It's wherever the best football is being played or the football that best suits you as a high-end high school recruit. And it means that the Miamis and the USC's of the world need to adjust. They need to adjust their plans. They need to adjust looking forward. They need to adjust their expectations and their blueprints of what to do looking forward. Because I agree with you, uh, you know, to, to, to paraphrase, you know, who was it? Danny Ainge with the Celtics back in the day, you know, Pete Carroll ain't walking through the door anytime soon, you know? Uh, so you got to move on and you got to find, you know, what is the best fit? Not necessarily the biggest name. What's the best fit that's going to move your program forward? Finally here this weekend, uh, two games. Red River rivalry between OU and Texas and Iowa Penn State. What's the most intriguing game to you? The Red River game. And I'll tell you why. Because strangely, and and I love the Iowa Penn State game. I think it's great. I think it's a great Big Ten matchup. But because I think Oklahoma is in a strange position. They're undefeated and not getting much credit on a national basis. I'm actually, Tony, I'm actually dropping them in my ratings the last two weeks, and I, because I'm just going like this, boy, this seems to me they're struggling on defense. So you're seeing the same thing? I am. I am. And I'm seeing that, you know, everybody wanted to put Spencer Rattler in the Heisman conversation at the beginning of the season, and the kid has had some good games and some not some not good games. But here's what I'm looking at. Oklahoma is undefeated, yet to me, they need this game more than Texas does hmm. because they need the validation that they are a legitimate playoff contender. Right. And Texas, they have they've got look, they've got the best running back in the country in B. John Robinson. This kid is phenomenal to watch. If fans haven't seen him, my goodness, watch this guy. But they've Sarkeesian's got some cushion because he's new. It's his first year. And Texas fans every year say, Oh, we're back, we're back, and they're not. But they're getting close, and he's got some wiggle room to work with. He doesn't need this win, yet the undefeated Oklahoma Sooners need it more than Texas does 
in order to validate what their prospects are for the season. So I'm intrigued by that game quite a bit. Yeah, man, I love I, I love the rivalries that we have oh, in college football. By the way, how can people find your podcast and how can people find you, man? I really love that you and I have finally connected. <laughs> I love you on the program. You're really awesome, man. I appreciate, I appreciate it. That. I could talk college football forever. It's my favorite sport. How can I they find too. you? We've got lastwordoncollegefootball.com. We've got myself and a team of 25 writers across the country covering different teams and covering different beats and a great team of editors putting everything together. We've got a Facebook page you can find us at. We've also got our Twitter feed at last word on CFB. And if they want to get with me personally, then uh, they can find me at Tony Bruin on Twitter. Fantastic, man. I hope we get to do this again down the line here. I'd love Tony, to thank you so much, man. I appreciate you coming aboard with us and talking some CFB. Thank you Anytime, so much. Dan. All right, Dan. You got it. That is Tony Saragusa. From last word on college football, we'll take a brief time out, get back to you, keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. Thought about something here for you. What would you give up for Aaron Rodgers as he looks for a new home next year? 
How many first rounders would you give up for Aaron Rodgers next year? Only got him for four years. Birdman says, I don't want that dude. He hates divas. So you don't want 44 touchdowns and six interceptions. Really? (laughs) I get it, man. I get it. He wears a skirt. I get it. I get it. But, man, get this. A good coach tolerate one dude. Here, okay. Well, you know, you know, hey, wait a minute. So, Stephen Panther goes like this I give you only one form. You know how you show up and you're going to buy a new car and you go like this? Tell you what, man, I'll give you $35,000 for that Ferrari F1. The Ferrari guy will go, Well, the $35,000 is just for maintenance on the car. <laughs> I think you're in the wrong building, guy. Sorry, man. DJ, come on. You're not going to – don't – please, don't ever throw Jalen Hurts at me and Aaron Rodgers in the same conversation. Don't – don't – don't – don't do that. Here, you think the Jets won Aaron Rodgers over Zach Wilson? They just drafted him. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. We just – wait a minute. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hey, you know my sense of humor sometimes. Hey, Stefan, back to the Lexus dealer. You know what, though, man? You're you're a reasonable dude. It's a beautiful car. Great mileage. Great look. You're practical. That's what the great teams in the NFL are. They're practical. Getting a guy like Rodgers is like buying a Ferrari. Do you really need the Ferrari? You've got to ask yourself that. Can I win without a Ferrari? How good does that car have to be for me to win? Does it have to be Rodgers? Rodgers hasn't proven that he's a multi-champion. So there's a part of me that does this. Well, you know, uh, to your point, though, man. Wait a minute, DJ. You may be onto something here. Would I really put the future of my franchise up for a car I might not need? Can I build what they're doing in here? How about this? Look at what they're doing in Dallas. Dak Prescott's not Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. But look kind of what they're doing. What they did by cutting Jalen Smith, they become practical at balancing their cap. They realize they're overpaying for a good player. Do you think the Cowboys don't like Jalen Smith? They love the fact that they took a flyer on the guy. He was hurt at Notre Dame, and they took a flyer. He made it all the way to the Pro Bowl. It wasn't that they were wrong. It was the fact they overpaid. Hey, Eagle guy, you know what it's like to overpay for somebody that ends up in the end not being the guy. You still have that anchor around your neck, and it's called the Wentz anchor. Right? You know what that's like. Hey, the Rams are facing that stuff still on their cap with Jared Goff's deal. This is what every personnel director has to say. When you're in the room and you're talking to your coaches, you're talking to your other personnel and your owner for that matter. 
is it practical to get Rodgers and pay what the Packers, the price tag is going to be three ones, even at 37? Are you willing to pay that? Plus the 36 million that's going to come with it? So 36 million and three ones. Wow. Is, is there going to be a market for that for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason? Probably. Probably. DJ says you're losing mobility, locker room vibe with Rodgers over Hertz. Look, look, DJ, one thing though, man, you bring a talented guy into the building, he's going to create a buzz. He's not going to take it out of the room. Those three picks next year would be better suited to go for a linebacker, D-line, not worth it, just like Watson isn't. Rod, dude, Rod, Watson's 25. You get that guy in that building for the next 10 years, Deshaun Watson will own the NFC East. Jalen Smith and Gilmore's have performance payments. They do. Why they cut guys. Oh, absolutely. Stephon Gilmore was cut today. And they mutually agreed to part ways because at the end of the day, the Patriots are just not going to pay that. That's not their M.O. They don't subscribe to doing that, and they don't act like that. That's not how the Patriots – part of being the Patriot way is understanding that they're never going to overpay for guys. Every guy's deal that comes up, they end up jettisoning. Takeem says three first-round picks and a defensive player. So you send to Green Bay, Fletcher Cox, and three ones? I'm not sending Hardgrave. Guy's got five sacks already. You know how hard that is out of the DT position to get sacks? Let me put it to you this way. That kid Hardgrave, he's got five sacks. If he ends the season with 10 sacks, that guy's not just going to the Pro Bowl. He's an all-pro. That's all-pro stuff. By the way, I think the Steelers may be in the conversation for Aaron Rodgers. You imagine Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh with that defense and Aaron Rodgers. And if they can get that running game going, okay, and they can get, uh, you know, they can get that running game going. Boy, I'll tell you what, man, Pittsburgh automatically would be a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh. Said Derek Barnett to Green Bay. Dude, they're going to want your best guy on the defense. If you're going to put a, if you're going to put a priority on a player, it's got to be the best dude. And I'm not throwing shade on Barnett. I'm not throwing shade on him at all, actually. Just saying, Rogers is here. Here's here's what the movement is going to be. Rogers is going to be on the move. Um. Who else could be on the move next year? Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be on the move. I'm, I'm, you know what? I've, I've gone completely cold on Garoppolo. Again, he's hurt. If you're San Francisco, you got to be killing yourself that you didn't trade him in the offseason because now you got a decreased value in that guy, and I'm not going after him. Smile said Gannon admitted that the Eagles lack cornerbacks, can't play dime. Smile. What a stupid public comment. You know why everybody hates the Belichick press conferences? Because Bill says nothing. Can you imagine Bill coming out going, yeah, you know, we really struggled against Tom because we can't play nickel and dime. And, you know, I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure 
for the next games. So now people in Carolina are going like this now. So they can't. So now the Eagles can't play dime. <laughs> Why would you tell somebody your your weakness? Let them figure it out. That is such a rookie mistake at a press conference. By the way, it's an experienced question by an experienced Philadelphia reporter. Setting a guy up. I did that before when I was in Miami. I asked Jeff Ireland to give me a grade on his roster. He said B+. I said, Jeff, you haven't had a winning season in four years, and you think you have a B-plus roster? So then you must think that your coaching sucks with uh, Joe Philbin. No, no, no. I don't. I didn't. Well, you just said you have a B. B rosters are 10 and 6 back in the day when they didn't have the extra game. And he couldn't get his way out of it. He didn't like the fact that I put him out there and he answered it like a dummy. You're like, dude, don't answer those questions like that. Don't ever answer and tell people your weakness. Don't even tell them your strength. Give them those vanilla Belichick press conferences. They're designed like that. All right. Guys, please do me a favor. Click the like button. I so appreciate you guys coming aboard with us each and every single day. Thank you so much. If you missed any of the show, go back and watch it again, please. Share it with folks. We really love the fact that you guys end up sharing it later on. We thank you so much. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern time. Don't forget on the Jacob Media channel, the National Football Show. We'll see you on the flip side. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.